just like they're they're the family dynamic in this is very interesting. Both of their fathers, father figures, and we never get to see the grandmas. I was gonna say there are no grandmas. They definitely weirdly paint the male. They're like, like we only the want to talk figures. about daddy issues. We don't yeah. want to talk about anything. Yeah, else. like That's they it. both have major daddy issues. Let's talk about it. We don't want to talk That's about it. the Gmas. Yeah, like. no, no, no. <laughs> Clearly, Judd Apatow had a great relationship with his mom and his dad. He's like <laughs> yeah, that guy yeah. in particular. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna write two horrible father figures in this movie. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You made it here. You found us somehow. You love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? This week we have This, this is 40. 40. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, even Amazon Music, wherever you're listening, if you could take like 30 seconds to just, you know, write a review, that helps more people find us. Um, as well, if you hear something on this podcast or a past podcast that you want to reach out, you want to talk about, at Romcom Rewind on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and as well, you can email romcomrewind at gmail.com. We have a message from Helga. She said, Hi, I'm listening to your show about Two Night Stand. In the episode, you talk about the new Footloose movie. I just wanted to recommend that movie to you. It is not quite like the original as it starts with the accident that makes the people of the small town not allowed to dance. The movie is good, although it is still not better than the previous movie. Thanks for the fun podcast. Best greetings from Iceland. Thank you, Helga. First off, Helga, absolutely. A great suggestion. I love how she says it can't be as good as the original because, of course, we know the original has Kevin Bacon. Oh, my God, Kevin Bacon. Like, I have had this discussion with people lately, and they're like, what do you see in Kevin Bacon? But we should put the new Footloose on uh, the list. I just want to shout out I- Iceland, yeah. though. Yeah, I know. I I love, yes. Okay, low-key, in, like, the back end of, like, the people who host our podcast, we can, like, see generally where people who listen are. I always find it. I I, I want to know who the person in Sweden, for example, is listening, or there are people in Bulgaria listening, uh, so New cool. Zealand, Saudi Arabia, even. And yeah, I'm showing I'm showing some some downloads from Iceland. So that's probably Helga. Thank you, Helga. I was always curious who it was. This is forty. Is the sort of sequel. Um, that's how Judd Apatow actually puts it. Of 2007's knocked up this is 40 released in 2012 so it's five years after that fact is the story of pete played by paul rudd and debbie played by leslie mann pete and debbie are married as they were in knocked up but just as in knocked up life is not all totally perfect they are both turning 40 they have daughters aged 8 and 13 who are a handful they are you know struggling with money careers relationship with other family members and honestly struggling with their own relationships with each other. That's basically the story. That's the lead-in for This Is 40. What are your thoughts? This sounds horrible, but do you ever wonder what it would be like if you and your wife were separated by something bigger, like death, like her death? I have given it a, a fair amount of thought. Not in any painful way, but just like a gentle floating off. It's got to be peaceful. I mean, this is the mother of your children. And then the new wife would be great. God, I can't wait to meet my second wife. I hope she likes me better than this one. <laughs> it's This one's an interesting one. I've always loved this one. I love anything that Paul Rudd does and then separately anything that Leslie Mann does. So like the fact that they're like together in this, I love it. But this movie is an interesting one because the plot is just that. It's their life. It's, you know, the ups and downs of, of marriage, turning older, turning 40, you know, midlife crisis, like all of that, raising kids, trying to figure out your family, all that stuff. But there's no, like, the plot is just that. Like, that is exactly what this movie is. That's it. It's probably like a week and a half span just of, like, both of their birthdays. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, and and them coming to terms with them turning 40 and everything that, that happens. All the baggage that comes with that, All apparently. of that baggage, clearly. Um, so, you know, I like the movie, mostly because of the cast, because of Judd Apatow. Like, I always, you know, his movies are always a good laugh. Um the actors in it are awesome. Oh, absolutely. I I can't say anything more about that just because they're phenomenal. Um, you know, Jason Siegel's in this. Uh like it's just it just goes on and on about how how fun this movie is. That's that's what Judd does really well. Like the movie itself is great, but then you get 
two scenes with Melissa McCarthy that are just like yeah. a riot. It's hilarious. And then she's gone and you're like, okay. And then, and then you get, you know, yeah, Jason Siegel for two scenes and it's hilarious. This is one of those, like, I would call it an uneasy relatable comedy mm. because I think it tried to mimic life so much and it is very funny and there are some scenes that are hilarious and I think you start to see yourself in these characters but then you see this incredibly uh, self-destructive argument just this monumental blow up and you think wow that that was a lot um, definitely not relatable <laughs> anymore or is it relatable or is it? Yeah. which makes that a little bit unnerving right right <laughs> yeah I mean you know what the movie is R rated yes and so you do see like even the kids swear and you're just like whoa like, oh, okay yeah this is this is R-rated. <laughs> That's right. There was um there was a review on Rolling Stone that I really like this line. This person said there are big laughs here and then there are smaller ones that sting. And I think that's kind of it. Like there are some hilarious moments and then there are moments where you're like, wow, we're really getting into the crux of a marriage that like is it working? I don't know. This feels toxic. Wow, this is really <laughs> intense all of a sudden, you know? Yes. Yeah, I would agree. So it starts out that it is Debbie's birthday. She is turning 40 or 36, 37, 38, 39. We're not really sure, but she's, she's turning 40. She's turning 40 and she's <laughs> telling people she's... All of those ages. Yeah. Uh, so Pete and the kids have a birthday party. They've kind of have like a birthday morning for her and she just can't accept that she's turning 40. She's a little bit having a bit of a midlife crisis, I think, because she's turning that age. And I mean, for me, age is one of those things that you just can't control. So... I try not to fret about age as you get older, but I don't know how I'm going to feel. I was about to 40. say, she I said may, not being 40 yet. <laughs> I may be like, oh my gosh, you know, it's a big milestone, but I'm going to, personally, I'm going to try to be um, positive about it. We'll um, see how that goes. Stay tuned. Yes. Yeah. In the years to come. I was going to say it's not for a <laughs> while, but. Okay. The worst birthday gift you ever received. Um, I can't remember if it was a birthday gift, but. Uh, my, my mom went traveling to an area in Canada called Northwest Territories. It's a very rare place oh, for cool. anyone to go. And I thought, wow, she's going to bring me back some amazing souvenirs, something yeah, spectacular. Totally. Here, Where we live, you need to have two license plates on your vehicle, a front license plate and a back license plate. That is legal. She brought me back a Northwest Territories license plate. And she's like, wouldn't that be cool? You can put it on your car. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> So what else did you bring me? And she's like, that's it. I'm like, well, that's Is that equivalent to like getting the, the t-shirt that said like, I know somebody that went to, you know, Florida or I know somebody that went to Cabo? But at least you can wear the shirt. I can't put Would the license plate. Would you wear that plate. shirt? I mean, maybe. I can't put the license plate on my car, so it doesn't matter. That's yeah, my thing. True. It's an entirely useless gift. Okay, so they both do their morning routines. He goes cycling with his group of guys, and she works out with her friend, um, who is brutally honest. And uh, they have their um, they meet up with Jason the trainer. I was gonna say Jason Siegel is in this movie, yes. carried over from Knocked Up. He wasn't a personal trainer in Knocked Up. They were trying to get that porn website off the ground, right? Yes, that is right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. So randomly, that character has become a personal trainer in the last five years. Yes. Which I love for Jay. Oh Jason. yeah, it's a That's... much more, you know, um, I think successful. Bodies by Jason, right? Um, and Annie... <laughs> say it again. Bodies by Jason. <laughs> no, say it the way Megan Fox says it. Oh, my... Jason. There you go. <laughs> say it. Bodies by Jason. Say it again. Bodies by Jason. Yeah. <laughs> and then Annie uh, Mamolo is is Barb, who is Leslie Mann's friend. Yeah. Or Debbie's friend in it, who is like that one scene is really funny when she's talking about how she just doesn't feel anything down there anymore. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so just to go back to the gift thing, yeah. um, you bring that up because there was a scene where Debbie is expecting a gift from Pete. Yes. For her birthday. Her not 40th birthday. Yeah. And he doesn't get her a gift. And he says, I thought we weren't doing gifts this year. Right. And she's like, D -d something along the lines of you always get a gift. She pulled the classic, and we've argued about this on the pod, that don't get me a gift bullshit when still expecting a gift. Right. It's a classic thing. I think I think some people do that. I mean, when I say I don't want a gift, I don't expect a gift. How about this, Sarah? I found a list of the most common things women lie to their husbands about. Oh my about. god! Okay, you can. It's it was like the second hit on Google. If you want to play along <laughs> while Sarah tries to get this, guess this. Oh, and we've got seven answers on the board. Seven That's on the board. Kay. That's on the board. 
I'm going to give you Are one you for serious? free. It's somewhere on there. Okay. What they've, uh, their shopping habits. Yes. Uh, well, specifically, so the first one is the lie that this dress was on sale. Oh, okay. You know what? I have done that too. So number one answer off the board. Yeah. The dress. I have done that too. Was it on, you've done that? Yes. I've said something was on sale when it wasn't. Okay, something that's not <laughs> on here that I also think is a perpetual lie yeah. is the, I bought eight of these, but don't worry, I'm going to return seven of them. I just don't know which one I want. Oh, yeah, because I've done that to you. Yeah, that's bullshit. One time You're I not going to return them. Yeah, I bought four dresses for an upcoming wedding, and I was going to like bring them home and show Devin, and like, which one do you like better so that I can wear to, you know the events at the wedding like we were going away for this wedding so i needed two dresses and i bought four and i said i would return the other two nope i still have them and they're in my closet it that's i think not i the, returned one of them that's not the only time you've done that i remember really? you coming home with a fleet of things don't a worry fleet. i'm gonna return a few things a fleet yes that's how i would describe <laughs> more than five dresses a fleet of dresses yeah i don't okay? i didn't buy ever more than absolutely five no I feel like you came home with about eight outfits once. <laughs> outfits. Let's Okay. Whoa. That's very different than eight dresses. How dare I not distinguish? It's outfits different. are totally different. They yeah, are. you're right. You're right. They are. What else is on the board? There's vegetables in it. Or no, there's no vegetables in it. No, that's a good one though. That is a good one. Yeah, because like lots of guys don't like eating vegetables. Where you were last night. <laughs> That. Sarah. Well, no. When you said girl, I don't know. Are you coming out? All... No, I just don't know what to guess anymore. <laughs> so you're. <laughs> are you like implying like adultery? No. Like, what is happening here? What do you mean? No, that just they like would lie about where they were. What you what? Like what you did that night? Okay. If they're not living together. Are they? Oh, I guess they're married. Kate, just tell me. Okay. All right. Uh, the number two answer. Is anything to do with how large the guy's package is? Oh, really? Okay. Oh, it's a classic lie. Really? I would assume. I I would assume. <laughs> um the the <laughs> lie <that> mean? <laughs> the lie about the number of men you've slept with. Okay. Classic. Number four is the I don't want anything for our anniversary lie. It's bullshit. Number five lie. I'm in no hurry to have kids or any lie about children oh interesting i never would have guessed that mm -hmm. um number six i'm totally cool with your poker nights i never would have guessed that and number seven i mean this one's easy you wouldn't think about it but it's, it's the i wouldn't change anything about you lie oh yeah no i never would have all guessed women want to change something about you oh, they just lie God. about it they just lie about it <laughs> number seven evidently yeah evidently okay have you ever faked the poop oh for sure not like with you at home, but like you fake poop. As a guy, you fake poop at work all the time. Really? Oh, for sure. I used to have, I used to work at a gas station. And oh, that's so gross, Devin, that you used to use the washroom in there. So I didn't. Oh, okay. But there was another dude who would, he would start his shift at noon and by 12.15, he was already in the washroom taking a shit. And I'm like, dude, you've been here. And he would be in there for like 15 minutes. What do you think they do in there? Oh, <laughs> What do you do in there? You go on your phone. You surf TikTok. You just hate working. Like that's like, like you don't specifically, but like the person's just like, I don't want to work today. Yeah, so I don't want to work today. Poop. In this scenario, Pete is like, I don't want to deal with my wife and kids today. Yeah. So he just yeah. plays what? What Scrabble? Yes, yeah, Scrabble with yeah. Ben actually from Knocked Up. Oh, is that who he's playing with? Yeah. Oh, hilarious! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he says it. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's so funny. Ben is uh, Seth Rogen's character? Yes. It's wild that he's not in this movie, but he's mentioned there. I didn't even know. He's mentioned that. a few times in the movie, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's what Pete does. He fakes the poop in the bathroom so that he doesn't have to go outside with his wife and two girls who are practicing their flips on the trampoline. So... Later on that night, uh, for Debbie's birthday, Pete takes her to a concert, um, which is not her type of music. Did you ever go to a concert um, that you hated but you had to endure? Like, it's also part of Pete's work that... Yeah, so Pete is a record label owner. He owns like an indie label and he has signed Graham Parker, who is a real musician, yes, by the way. Yes, he is. Graham Parker in the rumor. So there was one concert I was really excited about. And there are parts of it that were really amazing, and there were parts that I thought, this is 
abysmal. This is <laughs> genuinely I want to scratch my ears out thing. Oh no. Um and he's like honestly this man is a god. It's Neil Young. Neil Young, I was at a music festival and Neil Young was performing. Amazing. It was a, it was a 3-hour set. What? And he so he what? started off with two hits it was like harvest moon cinnamon girl something like that and i'm like this is great the crowd's getting into it <laughs> and then you know when classic rock artists they cl- keep on releasing new albums that nobody buys yeah nobody cares about they just don't hit that's kind of the premise here with graham parker 612 people bought the new album neil young i'm sure about the same amount of people bought his <laughs> new album but he was here to sell records so he did the two hits and then he's like all right guys Here's my new album. And it was very politically motivated, mm. as he is, but it was just very not good. <laughs> like, it was, there was a song about, like, fertilizers killing our dogs. And oh my it's God. the safe way hates the children. And he was just, like, honestly firing bullets at Starbucks, Walmart, <laughs> Safeway. The big box stores. No rhyming, just all these corporations and I was like what is happening here he actually he had sunflowers on the stage and he had people in hazmat suits come out and like spray them down spray them with like pesticides or something like that my god and you know like and he would go like four songs with this new bullshit and I'd be like this sucks and then he'd and then he'd play a a hit and you're like oh it's and his voice was still there his guitar he was and you gotta stay like it's Neil Young oh yeah say you left in the middle of you know, of middle of it. He hates Monsanto. I don't like. I vaguely know what that is. You you can Google it. I think it's a oh noble cause, but the song sucked. <laughs> I'll be honest; it was very bad. Oh, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah, you just you have to endure that one, though. You just have to. I want to do something for you, real quick, because I did. I I took some shots at Neil Young, a legend, and maybe that was unfair. So I have in front of you the lyrics to one of his songs from the album, The Monsanto Years. Okay. I'm going to do a dramatic reading of some of the lyrics. Can you do a cool voice, too? The farmer knows he's got to grow what he can sell. Monsanto. Monsanto. (laughs) So he signs a deal for GMOs that makes life hell with Monsanto. Monsanto. (laughs) Every year he buys the patented seeds. Poison ready. They're what the corporation needs. Monsanto. I mean, at least he's rhyming. When you shop for your daily bread and walk the aisles of Safeway, Safeway? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh my God. He was right into Safeway after that. Okay, I will say you <laughs> did not look at these lyrics prior to just now. And no. the fact that you remember the majority of what's happening. Like, the- you really listened to those lyrics at that concert. Because <laughs> I was like, what the f*** is happening? What is this? Oh, find the package uh, to catch your eye that makes you smile at Safeway, Safeway. Choose a picture oh. of an old red farm. Uh, barn on a field of green when the farmer and his wife and children complete the scene at Safeway. At Safeway. Oh my God. That's, you that's really remembered it really, there. really well. Good for you, <clears throat> Devin. That really sat deep with you. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I objectively, you can decide how you feel about that. Um, yeah. Pete and Debbie are having financial troubles and Pete knows it, but Debbie doesn't quite know it yet. I think Debbie's just kind of living in her own, like, we need to be healthy. We need to, like, stop all these things and blah, blah, blah. Like, her focus is on her, like, lifestyle and her, like, midlife crisis of turning 40, whereas Pete is actually, like, enduring, like, really massive financial troubles. He really needs to stop giving his dad money. I was about to say Um, enduring, but he is also susceptible to those financial troubles. Big time. Like, I don't think he's good with money. He's giving his dad $80,000. Yeah, like... Let me just talk about that okay. before we dive into. We haven't met Pete's dad yet. That's right. But like, dude, you're useless. The dad sucks. He's a deadbeat. Oh he's just a hateable character. He's a little funny, but he is funny. He's yeah. a, he's a funny character to add to it. But yeah, like it's very much stro- very much so was like added for like a stressor of Pete's and Debbie's life. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. He sucks. Here's a character that sucks. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, and as Debbie's um, whole let's get healthy and active, she goes to her gyno gynecologist. Um, and okay, like a quote, and I and a quote that he says is he's counting the rings. Yeah, to see how old she was. Like a tree, he's making a like tree. Like a tree, analogy. he's making a tree joke. Yeah, and I just like was like, oh, that like that's a little icky. Like, oh, like it's kind of funny, but I'm like, mm. like I like I cringed. I was like a little oh, uncomfortable. That's gross. 
So I just had to say that. But yes, like she's taking stuff. She's quit smoking. Um, she, you know, is doing all she's get. She gets a mammogram. You know, she's, she's going to to Jason bodies by Jason. Like she's really trying to turn it around and, and make herself. I think just try to be younger, I think is what she's trying to do. But 100%. Like, yeah. She's literally telling people the wrong age. So, yeah, that's exactly what she's trying to be. Yeah. And so, like I said before, Pete has quite the dad. And Pete does try to go to his dad to tell him that he's not get, going to be giving him any more money. And he freaks out, which I'm like, dude, get a job. <laughs> like, that's what you should be doing. Get a different job. Get a different hobby. I don't know. Whatever. And then on the flip side, Debbie goes to see her father, who is super absent in her life, who has a young family as well, and has basically started his new family without including her at all, it seems. Yeah. It's just like they're, they're, the family dynamic in this is very interesting. Both of their fathers, father figures, and we never get to see the grandmas. I was going to say, there are no grandmas. They definitely weirdly paint the male they're like, like we only want to talk figures. about daddy issues. We don't yeah. want to talk about anything. Yeah, else. like That's they it. both have major daddy issues. Let's talk about it. We don't want to talk That's about it. the Gmas. Yeah, like. no, no, no. no. <laughs> Clearly, Judd Apatow had a great relationship with his mom and his dad. He's like <laughs> yeah, that guy yeah. in particular. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna write two horrible father figures in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so well, because it is said that it's it's based on a little bit of of Leslie Mann and Judd Apatow's relationship, oh, no. right? So they both have daddy issues. Well, I don't actually know if that, if that part is, but it's like it yeah. is loosely based. Based on like um, the relationship of the two of them, so they have so Debbie and Pete have a family dinner, and Debbie announces that their daddy and I are making some changes so that we can be happier and healthier. And another thing we've decided is to cut back on all of the electronics we use. Sadie freaks out. Sadie is that one of their daughters, the yeah. eldest daughter. I want to ask you, so like. The screen time in Debbie's eyes is like a limiting factor to be more healthy. But in Sadie's eyes, she sees it as like a punishment. Like, oh my gosh, why do I have less screen time? I'm obsessed with the TV show Lost right now. I need to continue watching all 118 episodes of this. Yeah. When you did something wrong or bad growing up, like, did, did you have stuff taken away from you? Yeah, mostly just grounded. There was one time I uh, I got caught at a um, <laughs> a festival Okay. Of a kind, but it was no, no, no. It was like it was more like a midway. It was more like a fair. All right. Like at a festival, you can smoke weed and nobody cares. Okay. At some of these other uh, uh, events, yeah, it's very much frowned upon. <laughs> your friend Devin uh, probably was, more of a family atmosphere. Yeah, your oh, friend okay, Devin great. was captured in one of those moments by men of the law. <laughs> Officer McMillan, I remember him well. Oh Not even kidding, God. that actually is his name. Because he he was horrible. He caught, like, there were a group of four of us. Oh. And he, he called my friend's parents. They came to pick us up. Oh and they God. were chatting with them. And they, they were, it was just, he was the worst. You know when your parents are like, oh, God, we were, you know, we were going to buy Alex a new car. <laughs> and Officer McMillan's like, ah, I would strongly, <laughs> strongly disagree with that. And the parents are like, yeah, you know what, it's he like, needs to learn a lesson. And McMillan would be like, yeah, he does need to learn a lesson. Oh I would God. take his license away if just I like were you. fueling that oh, fire. Oh my God, like, dude, we are caught. You got us. Like, stop, stop doing this. Yeah, so my parents were like, we're going to cut your hair. Which I don't Cut know. Your hair. You need to just. What's it, you need to describe the hair for the people. So my my hair was very long at the time. Yeah, I was like, remember like the emo phase back in like let's say like oh four to oh seven. Yeah, maybe my chemical romance, all the rage. Yeah, taking back Sunday. Your friend Devin Under was all oath. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had long hair, dyed it black for a little bit. I, oh I don't think God. it was black at the time. But yeah, so somehow my parents were like the source of this evil in Devin. The haircut. We gotta get that <laughs> shit gone. So they cut my hair against my will. It was horrible. How did they cut it against your will? They they like made me. I don't know. Like you're like 15, 16, I don't know. Like they're making me get my hair cut. Yeah. I'm just surprised that you let them cut your hair. Anyway. Well, am I am I gonna like fist fight my mom? No. <laughs> like, no, I guess not. You're talking about Sadie. Yes. And the screen time. She watches all of Lost in about five weeks. She's she on the does. last episode. Yes. What's the fastest you've binged a show? Oh. Um, what was the show? How fast did you binge it? Okay, so I think I binged uh, Virgin River first two <laughs> seasons God. really quickly. That's like embarrassing. Within a week. No, it's not. No, 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 no. You know what? I binge watched 
the Hunger Games recently within a day and a half. A day and a no. half. That's four movies. Yeah, no, no. Four movies, day and a half. No. How many total hours is that? Like 10 hours probably? E- probably. No, you know what? It might be Harry Potter. All okay. seven movies. All eight movies. Yeah. How long did it take? In a few days. Oh. At Christmas time, man. Like you you just sit there and you <laughs> just binge watch Harry Potter. That's not healthy, Sarah. That's um, we need to we need to have a Sadie a conversation about your screen time. Maybe three or four days. God. Yeah. Okay, what's yours? <clears throat> Literally nothing. I have what? not binge watched anything fast. I think it took me like six months to do the office. I also have binge watched friends really quickly. Yeah, you binge watch things. Um Grey's Anatomy, true oh, lover of it. God. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The Chicago the Chicago, like, uh, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, Chicago um, PD, those two. Yeah. That's, like, the most embarrassing thing you've said <laughs> on this podcast. Why? That's just embarrassing. I don't need to explain it. It's <laughs> There's so many seasons of it, and it's so good. It's not so good. Oh, my God. There are so many so seasons good. of it. There's yeah. also so many seasons of, like, General Hospital. It doesn't make it good. Uh, yeah, or how about ER? Yeah, sure. So good. Okay, so Debbie and Pete go on a trip. Just the two of them. I think for like kind of their both 40th birthdays, but I think- They go to like a little resort vibe. They do. And then, so they talk about things and while they're talking about things and hanging out, um, they they do talk about how they would kill each other. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Which like is like weirdly comical. I feel like you want to kill me. I do want to kill you. How would you do it? Poison you. I poison your cupcakes that you pretend not to eat every day and just put like enough in to just slowly weaken you. I love it. I would enjoy our last few months together. Me too. Because you'd be so weak and like sweet and I could take care of you and but while killing you. Have, uh, should I ask if you've ever thought about murdering? Oh, uh, no, no, I, I haven't thought about murdering you. Oh, okay, me neither. I'm sure it's something that comes about at, at like the 15-year mark of marriage. Okay, or that's... year one. Something, we, something to look forward to, We got to, time right? before we want to kill each other. So they have... They Hold were, on, you didn't answer. Do you want to kill me? No, I said no. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, so they decide that they were gonna, they're going to eat some marijuana cookies that... They mentioned that Ben has provided them. Oh, shit, is yes. that Ben again? Yes. He just... He's he, like a phantom of this movie. Yeah, he is. Um, He's definitely mentioned... Literally more than Allison, um, hundred times, hundred percent more than Allison. Um, and then they eat like six, six or seven cookies, which is way too much. Oh, for sure. Let me just say, way too much. I've seen eating marijuana brownies or cookies go wrong, and it is not a good thing. So they have a really great time. They're just like ordering everything off of the room service menu. It's it's pretty funny. The guy from Superstore, he plays one of the waiters that bring brings them the cakes. So that's kind of that. They have a really great time there. So Debbie finally finally finds out Debbie finally finds out about their financial troubles and that Pete is still giving money to his dad. Dun, dun, and then dun. it's in like a total of like you said $80,000 and that Pete's records for the artist didn't really sell. Like he he's flipping out on that end because his like records aren't selling. Debbie's freaking out because their financial troubles are actually real. They're probably going to have to sell the house like then the same day, she goes back to, for a follow-up appointment with her OBGYN and finds out that she's pregnant. Dun, dun, dun. So they're gonna have to sell their house. They have no money. He's he's not selling any records for this guy, and Graham Parker. And she finds out that she's pregnant. That's like a There's lot. There's a lot happening. That's a lot. One of my problems with this movie is that they never talk. Like we just had this great moment at the resort. I think that was like, a, hey, these people yeah. still love each other. Yes. I promise. Yeah. And now they're they're going through all this stuff, but like she never, she doesn't confront him for quite a while right. about one that she's pregnant and two about the financial troubles. It like needs to bubble up before shit hits the fan, and that's not for a little while. I I just find that kind of weird. Yeah, well, and then on Debbie, like Debbie's career is that she owns she owns a shop, and um, and she has somebody who works for her named Desi, who's played by Megan Fox. Yep, and she believes that De- that. Desi has been stealing from them about ten to $12,000. Because this other co-worker, Jody, yes. or this other employee, Jody, yeah. says that it's Desi. Right. And so Debbie decides that she's going to go out with Desi to find out if she's actually the one who's stealing. <laughs> and Desi brings them to a club and they meet some hockey players and then they end up partying with them. Can we just talk about how hockey players are absolutely <laughs> the worst actors 
Yeah. So the guys on here, Scott Hartnell, who's like, um, he's a very loved hockey player, actually. Okay. He's very like, he's a beauty, as they would say. He's a beauty. He's a beauty. Do they actually play for the Philadelphia Flyers? They all. Uh, so there were four guys: yeah. Ian La- Lapierre, uh, James Van Riemsdyk, Matt Carl. They those four guys were actual hockey players who played for the Flyers at oh, the time. Oh, cool. And then there's there's another guy. Who's oh, actually yes. an actor. Yes. And he's the one that hits on Debbie. <laughs> yes. And tells her, oh, you're a hat trick married, has have kids, and you're pregnant. Yeah. He is, um, this is a quick fact, but um, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's son. Oh, he actually weirdly kind of looks like them. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Wyatt. Yeah, that's his name. Anyway, he, yes. So yes. in basketball... The famous actors we have, Shaq acted a lot. He starred in a few movies. Yes. MJ, of course. LeBron James. Not just uh, Space Jam. LeBron James was in Trainwreck as well. Yes, he was. Yeah. Football, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. He played in the CFL, but he played football. Terry Crews was an NFL player at oh one point. Oh my God, no way. Okay. Also- ask, in- wait, wait, wait. ask me the um, hockey players who have turned actors. Zero. Nobody. Okay, but go, going back to the NFL, um, like nobody good, nobody I want to talk about anyway. Yeah. Like there have been some guys who have done like stupid shit, but like Terry Crews was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, he was phenomenal in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Okay, back to the NFL though. Also in Pitch Perfect, they had a like an acapella group who were NHL and NFL oh, players. Oh yeah, that was that was like Clay Matthews. Yeah, it was. It was Clay Matthews. See, but <laughs> there, there's the line, Sarah. Yes. I would put that acting on the same level Agreed. And, as Scott and Hartnell that and all was, these bullshit hockey that players. That was going to be my question. They were not good. But at least they sung. Yeah. The, well, they, they didn't actually, actually sing. sing. I'm pretty no, sure that, they did. that was the real yes. voices in Pitch Perfect? Yes. I'm almost positive. I'd have to like double check, but I'm Ooh. almost positive it was my quick fact. Let's fact check Sarah later. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right, all right. We'll put that on the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. So finally, Debbie, it's blown up. It has bubbled up enough that she confronts Pete about why he's giving to his, why he's continuing to give money to his dad, how they're not doing well financially, and how the record company is really doing. They get into an argument um, again, and I think they <laughs> once again, again. Like, once again, like they do, they do have it out quite a few times in this movie. This one's the worst, though. This is the worst one, yeah. So it, it's pretty. Um, it's not fracturing for the relationship, but it's pretty bad. They're, we're in a bad spot in the movie right now. Debbie and Pete, it's not looking good. Financial yeah. troubles. She still hasn't told him that there's a, a potential baby on the. Oh way. yeah, like yeah, and because. A, a, And around this time, um, Debbie asks Pete, just like nonchalantly, like, oh, what would you do if we had another baby? And And he was basically like, I blow my brains out. That's that is death. That's horrible. I think he was joking, obviously. Um, Like, I'm sure there was a hint of truth to it. Like, (laughs) come on. You're just starting to gain your independence again. And then you find out that you're pregnant. I mean, it is what it is. But when Debbie was out with Desi at the club. She did, in fact, ask Desi, like, are you the one stealing? And she says, no, like how I get my money and why, you know, I have a nice new car and all this stuff is like, I'm an escort. (laughs) Megan Fox had some funny lines here. She's like, I only do it like three to five times a year, sometimes seven. It's only like five to 10 times a year. And then I think she went up to 30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She's an escort. It's only 20 to 30 times a year. And then she says, it's actually Jody who is the one who's stealing money from you because she is like a pill popper and she is a druggie. Well, well, Debbie confronts Jody and Jody's like, yeah, I'm on Oxy. I I need. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually very odd. That that sequence is kind of strange. Well, because if you remember, Jody is actually from Knocked Up. Knocked She's up. one of the few, yes, yes. She is friends with, you know, Ben the and all group of them of who yeah. do who who smoke a lot of marijuana and I guess Jody, you know, gets into the, partakes some, in some other things. Part, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is the one that is stealing from the shop, so that kind of gets resolved. <laughs> And at this point, Debbie and Pete are really not talking to each other, but they get called into the school and they're a pretty good team taking down Melissa Carthy's character. <laughs> so this is so funny. A backstory is that Sadie and this other kid, they're chatting online, whatever. And the other kid has been kind of mean to Sadie. He's making like a hot or not group, which like you did in high school. It is what it is. <laughs> middle school. 
And like Debbie, in one of her moments of just being under extreme pressure, she loses her shit on this kid. She calls him Tom Petty. You look like a miniature Tom Petty. How's that feel, huh? You think that haircut's cool? It's not. Looks like you put your Justin Bieber wig on backwards. And then Pete also runs into Catherine, the kid's mom, and he just like annihilates her. (laughs) If he insults my daughter again, I'm going to hit him with my car. Got it? In fact, if you insult my wife again, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show up your house when you're sleeping, and I'll take your iPad or your iPod or your iMac, and I'll shove them up your and I. Well, then they, they all get called into the principal's office. And you're right. This is great because I don't know if it's a good thing, but they're amazing at lying to people. Oh, so they they're are. just deadpan like, you know what, you're right. We, we need to resolve this. And at this point, Melissa McCarthy's character has just her anger has bubbled to the surface. She is losing her mind on them. I love it. And they're playing the high road, and I think it almost aggravates her more. Maybe if I looked more like this fake bullshit couple, looks like they're in a bank commercial, that's what you look like. Like you're a bullshit bank commercial couple. Those are some of my favorite lines in the movie. Yes, and actually you'll see like an extended version of this, of these scenes, the after credits, yeah, where they... Because it was Rudd, all ad-libbed. Yeah, Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann can't contain their laughter. Yeah. They can't stop laughing. And I I love those after credit, like the end credit scenes. They're just so good. So now we're at Pete's birthday. Pete is turning 40. This is like this entire kind of sequence of scenes are my best scene because all of the shit comes out at this at this party. They all start yelling at each other, but different things. Like so Pete is mad at Debbie. Debbie's mad at Pete. Debbie and Pete are mad at their kids. Debbie's mad at her dad. Debbie's also mad at his dad. Like there, there's just so many aspects of like anger coming out and conversation. And I'm sure a lot of it was improvised and like ad-libbed. It was really funny because you almost couldn't keep track of what was happening and who was mad at who. And Finally, the money lend the money lending, you know, comes out publicly. The pregnancy comes out. The less the less than around dad comes out. Like all of these things just start bubbling to the surface, and everybody knows everybody. It's like airing your dirty laundry literally to everyone. It's kind of cathartic. We needed that for the movie. We needed yeah. all these conflicts to be resolved. My best scene is also in here, but it's just two scenes with Jason. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Bodies by Jason. Bodies by He's trying to hit on Desi. Yeah. While Ronnie, who we haven't talked about yet, no, he's uh, played by Chris O'Dowd, who I love. Ronnie is one of Pete's employees. They're both trying to hit on Desi. <laughs> and there's so there's two scenes. There's one scene in the pool where they both roll up trying to talk to Desi, <laughs> and she thinks they're a couple. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the astrology sequence. Right. Where she's like, oh my God, you're a cancer. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> that makes us so compatible. In every way. And then and then it's the... Say it. Bodies by Jason. Say it again. Bodies by Jason. And not just say Jason. Jason. Again? Jason. That sounds right, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Love it, it so much. It was really, really good. <clears throat> It is really funny. Jason Siegel steals the movie for me in a few ways with just those scenes. He's so funny. Yes, I would agree. Um, he is really good in this movie, but he's so good in everything. Like, I really want him to come back and do more. Yeah, he's been quiet for quite a while. With Pete and Debbie, Pete just has had enough with Debbie, leaves on his bike, and eventually Debbie goes out to look for him. Pete has gotten hit by a car door, and then the guy who hit him doesn't want to blame like doesn't want it to be his problem so he punches him out and then leaves so it's literally a hit and run it is a hit and run yeah and pete ends up in the hospital after being punched out and the two of them end up reconciling after weirdly enough debbie has a very emotional conversation with pete's father and yeah they end up reconciling and then that's kind of the end of the movie that is the end of the movie where we're being put on a trajectory of like okay it's fine we'll sell the house yeah that's totally yeah. fine they go to a show and they see this ryan adams and and it's always a thing of maybe pete made a horrible decision in taking on graham parker as on his record label and how like nobody likes the music that pete likes but pete happens to like ryan adams and so does debbie and they're like hey maybe maybe you should sign him and that's like the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it kind of yeah. like, oh, oh, this is it over ends, now. It ends kind of abruptly, honestly. This movie has remarkably absurd quotes, I think. The question is, Sarah, 
mm-hmm. the game of the day. Can you remember them? Oh, it's God. the, oh, that's not actually right. This is 40 quotes. All right. So I've got four quotes from the movie. I've changed something about these quotes. All right. You need to figure I'm out what ready. it is. This one was um, right at the beginning of the movie after Pete reveals that he's uh, on Viagra. He was using Viagra. All right. And he said, uh, my hard-ons are still in black and white. This shit's digital. Is it the latter half of it? This shit's digital? No. Incorrect. Oh. Incorrect, Sarah. He says, my hard-ons are still analog. Oh. This, this shit's, shit's digital. digital. I like it. Next one. It's when Catherine, Melissa McCarthy, is in the principal's office and she's just throwing insults. At Debbie and Pete, and she says, I want to jackknife my legs and kick you in the head with my dick bone. No, it's dick bone. It's not dick bone. It's foot bone. Oh, with foot bone. Okay. When they're at the resort talking about killing each other. Mm -hmm. I think you'll get this one. Debbie says, I do want to kill you. And Pete says, how would you do it? Debbie says, I don't know. I'd poison you. I'd poison your muffins that you pretend not to eat every day. And just put like enough in to just slowly weaken you. Yes, which actually is such a like. That's oh, a great good idea. Oh, it's a great. <laughs> like I love how we're both in agreement. Like she is the better. You'd never know, like plan. you know. Um, no, it's muffins to cupcakes. Yeah, it's also there is a a uh, point of love here because she does say like because you'd be so like weak and <laughs> sweet and I could take care of you, but but still while killing you. <laughs> So she still wants to love him as That's like she so, kills him. So morbid, though. Like, oh my god. Last one. Catherine says their daughter told my son that he looked like Mick Jagger, and in a negative way. No. Then Pete says, "Who's Mick Jagger?" It's not Mick Jagger. Who is it? Tom Petty. It's Tom Petty, baby. Yes. And then at the end, she says, uh, "This is what happens when you corner a beaver. I'll chew through you." <laughs> it's not a beaver. Oh, it's not a beaver. No, what is it? It's um. Oh my god, a rat. That's right. Yes. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> the kid does look like Tom Petty, objectively. I mean, with the Justin Bieber haircut. For at, sure. At that point in time. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Quick facts. Quick facts. Paul Rudd's farts in one of the bedroom scenes were unscripted. Leslie Mann stayed in the moment and improvised her outraged reaction. The two girls playing Pete and Debbie's kids are actually the daughters of Leslie Mann and Judd Apatow. This movie features the first live performance by Graham Parker and The Rumor in 30 years. Many of the bands brought their kids for the performance as they had never seen their fathers on stage. Graham Parker's involvement in the movie came about when one of Judd Apatow's friends mentioned to him that Parker had a blog and the most recent post was about trying to get his music into movies. The blog entry even had the sentence, are you out there, Judd Apatow? (laughs) Sadie is a big fan of Lost in the movie. In real life, Maud Apatow really did get obsessed with Lost and watched the entire series in a few weeks. One of the characters of, in Lost, Jack, played by Matthew Fox, is repeatedly shown on screen. In the movie Knocked Up from tw- 2007, Ben is very disparaging about Matthew Fox, saying there is nothing interesting about him. Ironically, Paul Rudd, as well, was a self-described mega-fan of Lost when it was on the air. The main characters from Knocked Up, Ben, played by Seth Rogen, and Allison, played by Katherine Heigl, do not appear in this sort of sequel, but they are references made to both of the characters. There's a picture of Allison on the wall in their house. Whoa. Yeah. And Pete plays Scrabble on his iPad with Ben, and then later mentions getting marijuana cookies from Ben. I thought it was so strange that neither of them actually made an appearance. I know, me too. Like, Jason Siegel is in this friggin' movie, <laughs> but, like, the main two people from Knocked Up are not. Yeah. Three other minor characters from Knocked Up do appear in this movie as well. So, um, Charlene Yee's character Jody, who's now an employee of Debbie's, uh, also was in Knocked Up. Jason Siegel's character Jason, and then Tim Bagley reprises his role as the OBGYN. Oh my god, that's so random. Okay, you can get the friggin' doctor, but you can't get (laughs) Seth Rogen. That's ridiculous. The young hockey player who chats up Debbie in the club is played by Wyatt Russell, son of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. The song Charlotte plays on the keyboard near the beginning of the movie is the theme song to the TV show The Office. Leslie Mann and John Lithgow play daughter and father in this movie. They played a married couple in the movie Orange County. Oh, that's creepy. In... The DVD commentary, Judd Apatow says that the man who Megan Fox hooks up with at the store is played by Bill Hader. I noticed that when I was searching this movie that Bill Hader is uncredited as like Desi's hookup. I think it's hilarious. Like, I love is it. he actually filmed there or are they just like, that's eh, Bill Hader? <laughs> well, I'm assuming that he's uncredited, so it's Bill Hader. So I how guess. can you get Bill Cr- Hader to show up on a security <laughs> camera 
We don't even know it's but him. But you can't get Seth Rogen. But- <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Mann spent her real-life 40-year-old birthday at a strip club at a strip club in Hawaii. Albert Brooks improvised a lot of his lines in the movie. Albert Brooks is uh, plays Pete's uh, father. Paul Rudd wouldn't let them use the hemorrhoid scene and the shot of him trying to inspect his own butt as the film's poster. The scene where Debbie has a discussion with Pete while topless and he doesn't even notice was Leslie Mann's idea. The part of Pete's father was written specifically for Albert Brooks. When Debbie has lunch with her distant father, Leslie Mann was actually suffering from the flu. Yes, I'm Your Angel by Yoko Ono appears at the beginning of the movie, released on Double Fantasy in 1980 when John Lennon was 40 years old. Judd Apatow is quite clear that his wife Leslie Mann has never walked in on him using an iPad while on the toilet as she does with her on-screen husband, Paul Rudd. Pete makes a joke comparing his sexual prowess to that of David Schwimmer and Ross from Friends in a way that makes it clear he thinks that neither Pete nor Schwimmer are very good in bed. A spokeswoman for David Schwimmer told the Chicago Sun-Times that Schwimmer was not asked beforehand if he would be okay with being the butt of that joke, but Apatow clarified that he didn't mean anything insulting by it, just that Schwimmer is an example of a famous person who is more like Apatow. Paul Rudd, interestingly, was a regular guest star on the TV show Friends during the last two seasons of the show. I mean, first of all, you guys are lying. That was, it was a joke made at his expense, 100%. <laughs> well, yeah. Because David Schwimmer is low-hanging fruit. Let's be real, guys. Yeah, and you know what? Like, he was my least favorite Friends character. Yeah, he's everybody's Ross, least favorite yeah, Friends Ross character. Ross is horrible. Nobody likes Ross. Nobody likes Ross. Can we can we talk about, like, the successful of, like, the success of them? Is he the least successful of them? Absolutely. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston, number one, for, for sure, sure. For sure. Oh, then and it's then they tough. all kind of trickle down. Like yeah. they all did something after, and then I don't Courtney know. Courtney Cox had Cougar Town. Yeah, Lisa Kudrow has had roles here and there. Yeah, she has. She was in um, Easy A too. As the, as oh, the that's right. Yeah, she's yeah. had a lot of random she stuff has. like that. Yeah, Matthew Perry did a lot of stuff like during and at the end of Friends, but like he kind of took some time off. But I still think he did more than David Schwimmer. Oh, I agree. I think yeah, I think David Schwimmer's kind of yeah low hanging fruit. And I like Matt it. LeBlanc, he's come back now. Yeah, yeah, he, and he's, he's done a few shows. things yeah. after it too. So the song that Pete sings to Debbie in an effort to demonstrate that what he considers to be good music is Rooster by Alice in Chains, along with references to the Pixies and Nirvana elsewhere in the movie. It makes Pete a true dyed-in-flannel Gen Xer who is aged appropriately as a 40-year-old in 2012. Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day mentions that it's a pretty big deal when Glee buys a song. Good Riddance by Green Day was purchased by Glee, but it never aired. (laughs) When Debbie's father excuses himself to leave Pete's 40th birthday party, Pete's father mentions to him that they'll see him again after the Cubs win the pennant. Going by the seven-year gap they had just discussed prior to this line, this means that they would see him in 2019. Pete's dad was off by three years as the Cubs finally won the pennant in 2016. Oh, you missed the biggest quick fact. (laughs) What's the biggest quick fact? Is that a sequel to this is actually being worked on? No. Yes. Really? On, I had no idea. That is so exciting. In March 2022, Optow uh, was announced to be an early development of a third film. Right, because this is a sequel right, to Knocked Up, kind technically. Of, yeah. uh, it's set 10 years later and titled This Is 50. Cool. I love it. It's early development. It's <gasps> happening. Cool. I'm so excited. Are we going to see the same cast of people, I assume? I hope so. Yeah. Like, I really hope so. Honorable mentions. Okay, so my honorable mention is Jason Siegel. Oh, mine too. Okay. He's so good. He is so good. But I do have another uh, honorable mention is um, the Megan Fox scenes. They are absurdly hilarious in this movie. And you talk about two of them. But just the ones with Jason, the Siegel. ones with Jason Siegel, they just really did have a funny chemistry, and um, I just yeah, they were really really good together. But just the amount of hilarity that they put in her lines was really well done. The Megan writing Fox for her is so like enigmatic in my mind. Like she's very disliked by a lot of people. Yeah, and I've I've heard like some of her on set antics kind of suck. But like her role in New Girl, for example, I thought she was fantastic. Her role in this, oh, I'm like, yeah. dude, like she is a good actress. Yeah. And then you see stories and it's like, I drink Machine Gun Kelly's blood. And you're like, well, that's that's different. That's not helping that's your different. perception, yeah. guys. Yeah. Like, God. 
<laughs> but I, I thought she was very good. Yeah, artist. I know, I know. But it was just like the the pool scene when they're bo- when she's swimming underneath, and then the two men like go down with her, and then they all come up at the same time. I'm like, this is absurd. Like, and Jason Segel's like, hey, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like, very like, and she's like, hey, <laughs> like, it's just so funny. And then like, and then at the scene where um, Pete and um, his friend is just standing there, they're staring at her in the pool, and oh, that was funny. Do you th- or they're running around like they're staring her running around and they're like do you think our wives are looking at us oh 100 percent. and then the wives are talking and they're like they look like pedophiles and i'm just like <laughs> oh my god like this is hilarious <laughs> oh that's great what should have been my what should have been is i wish judd apatow would have brought back allison and ben so it could truly be like a sequel oh instead for of sure just we, like an almost sequel we have the same what should have been it's like i was complaining about in quick facts it's ridiculous that we didn't get these people. What do you think? Let's do like a where are they now? I would hope that they'd be still be together. You think? I don't know. Okay. Because I have read. Oh, no. Yes. That if he were to have brought them back, that Ben might be a single father. Okay. Wait. Yeah. No Allison? I don't know. What is that Possibly mean? not. Yeah, I know. That's what I read, just like in an article somewhere. That so implication it doesn't, sounds like something happened. Yeah. There. So it doesn't, like, again, this isn't. Maybe we'll find out when this is What 50. a friggin' loop you've thrown, Sorry, Sarah. So this is what I read. And overall rewatchability? Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 4.5. Storyline, 3.75. Thirst Factor, 4.5. Thank you, Paul Rudd. Imagination, 3. Soundtrack, 4. Cheese, 3.75 for an overall score of 3.92 out of 5. We are almost bang on here. And like we talked about, like... I feel like four is the cusp of this is something fantastic. Right. You had a 3.92? Yeah, yeah. So I'm at chemistry 4.2. Okay. Even though they were fighting, I still... It, they were just great on screen together. Yes, they were. Storyline 4, Thirst Factor 3.5, Imagination 3.5. Somewhere in the mix of that, I, I deducted like a whole point across those four category, three categories just because I felt like this movie was 20 minutes too long. Did you feel that way? Yeah, like, but also, like, the ending was just—it was—it didn't have that full circle ending that I wanted. Yeah, you know. Uh, soundtrack four, cheese four for an overall score of three point eight six. Oh, very close. Very close, and like a very good movie. Not quite. It's so close to getting into that territory of this is something amazing. Right. It's not quite there. Though. Yeah. And this has been the rom com rewind of. This is forty. Thanks for listening. 